What's up, guys? This is Roland Buck III. I play Noah Sexton on Chicago Med, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hey everybody, welcome to a special episode of Meet Us at Molly's. This is part of our finale week coverage where we've just been bringing you a bajillion episodes a day. And we're not complaining because it's been kind of fun. But as always, I'm one of your hosts. My name's Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello, everybody. And we have another special guest tonight. Now, he was well on his way to becoming our first recurring guest but then Roland Buck the Third beat him to it, but that's okay. We've got Chicago Med writer and producer Jeff Dreyer with us tonight. Jeff, hello. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Any comments on Roland Buck the Third beating you to the title of first recurring guest? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not the first recurring writer. Oh, so I've still got so that. True. I've still got that. Very true. <laughs> and, you know, when, when, when his character dies in episode 401, I'm not saying it's going to be because of this. Oh, no. no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Jeff just threw down the gauntlet. Yeah. <laughs> Roland's never coming back after that. Jesus. Yeah, so I can't wait for the panic tweet from Roland after this episode drops. <laughs> what just happened? So, yeah, and no, you, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. What are you saying? Oh, I was just going to say, you guys found the right guy. Roland is the nicest guy. I love yeah. Roland. He's yeah, he's the sweetest. So sweet. Yeah. We met him at the Chicago Heroes event back in March. We had such a blast. And we just kind of walked up to Roland and we were like, hi, we're friends. And he was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, he's he's blowing up, too. He's everywhere now. He's, he's He's got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, casually friends with Adam Sandler. No big deal. Yeah, you know. <laughs> no big deal at all. So that's great. But, yeah, so we obviously wanted to have you back because now you know the first time we had you on it was about the start of the season and now we're gearing up towards the season finale and uh-huh. this worked out perfectly by the way because as you listeners know we record days before we drop the episodes we were originally supposed to speak to you last night last night being tuesday it worked out so that we talked to you tonight because we actually got to see tuesday's episode before we talked to you and we have a million <laughs> questions <laughs> oh boy oh boy i know right. i know I- so we'll start off, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll start with the easy stuff. So as we had mentioned before we started recording, what we didn't know until Derek had told us when we talked to him was that you wrote last week's fire. Um, I can't remember the title of the episode right now, though. Bryna, do you remember? Uh, not off the top of my head, even though we just recorded that episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It was a good recording. I just listened to it. Aw, thanks, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that come about that you ended up writing that fire episode? And what was that experience like? Because that was an emotional one. It was great. I mean, I, I love Derek and and everyone at fire is so great and so smart and they write such great things. It was easy. Like, it was easy because they made it easy. You know, they, they you know, took me through the whole thing and had lots of you know thoughts and ideas going right into it so you know I, really all i had to do is just like show up and listen to them <laughs> and do what they told me and uh and it worked out great and and you know the the uh, you know david is, is such a, you know uh, plays herman is such a great actor and that that whole thing it, it it turned out fantastic i was really i was really excited 
Yeah. Did you hear David's podcast that he did with Rahm Emanuel? No. He did one with the mayor, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and it was fantastic. Like just listening really? to that, I was like, I want to get to know David. He seems like <laughs> a really fascinating person. He, he, he's, he's, you know, uh, along with Roland Buck, he's the nicest guy and he, he, he works hard and he's smart and he's, he's fantastic. I really like, you know, it's, it's a pleasure every time I get to see him. Yeah. So cool. So cool. Brenna, go ahead. Yeah. So, and just in terms of like the writing process, something we've talked about, you know, we always tend to look at who the writers are for each episode, like after the air. And I noticed with med and I think more so, compared to PD or Fire, like with meta episodes, there's usually at least two writers for each episode. And I'm just curious, is that because like one person is typically there to kind of do the medical parts? Or is that just med writers prefer to write in pairs? Like why is that? Or is that, is there a reason at all? Uh, you know, it's, it's just sort of something that started happening. And, you know, our, a lot of our episodes, um, you know, we've, you know, there's always four medical cases. And so those, it, it takes a lot of sort of doing and talking and figuring out to just to get the, the medical cases figured out. And, you know, having two people just helps a lot because one person can be sort of thinking about that stuff, um, you know, while the other person is coming off their last episode or something like that, so that they, they've already got ideas ready to go for these medical stories. Uh, so that when we know where you know where we are with each character, we can sort of start to to form the the, the medical stories to what we need for each character. And so having two people, there's just there's so much stuff to think about for each episode. I mean, I, right? Like that when you stuff goes into each one. It's nice to have two brains working on it, and you know, good to have someone there sitting with you in in your office talking it all out it just it seems to make the process better. that's awesome and all of our writers are great so it's, it's uh you know it's nice to to it, uh, it, it, you get more than twice as much out of having two people doing it in my opinion very cool very cool and i mean yeah. since the writer's room is in la how often do you find yourself in chicago a lot uh, <laughs> usually, mostly when it's freezing out, but uh, <laughs> we go out for, for each of our episodes, and then, uh, you know, every once in a while, there's, uh, you know, you cover uh, sometimes Andy and Diane, the showrunners, spend a lot of their time in Los Angeles, so sometimes uh, one of us will go out and cover the episode, so, you know, you're out there every year or so. Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, is great. It's nice being out there. It's fun to be on set and, uh, you know, watch all happen and spend some time with the actors who are, you know, and the, uh, the crew who's all, everybody's great there. That's fun. That's fun. Yeah, the Chicago Heroes event, we got to spend a little time with Nick and Tori, and they are hilarious together. <laughs> oh, they man, are. they're so funny. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. Nick just teases her relentlessly, and she just, like, takes it and gives it back. Oh, my God, they were so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, they're, 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 those two are they're, they're hilarious. It's... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yours has been good. I I, uh, I I heard a little bit about it. Was it uh, did it live up to to what everyone was hoping? 
Yeah. Oh, it was so much fun. Everybody was yeah. so nice. And it was just great to meet everybody. Um, and I mean, obviously it was just, it was Nick and Tori and Roland from Med. So we did get to talk to them a little bit, but I mean, everybody was just so great and everybody had such a good time and it was fun to be at Lottie's. That was probably one of my favorite parts just because, you know, the podcast is called Meet Us at Molly's. So we got to meet <laughs> people at Molly's. That was kind of surreal, <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. That's best weekend. Yeah. 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 Um, so in terms of just writing, I mean, we talked a little bit about it with Roland last week. And last week's episode, the mass shooting episode, I mean, that was just such a powerful and emotional episode. So I'm just curious, you know, because obviously mass shootings have are a hot topic in the world and they've something that happened, unfortunately, all the time. I'm just curious, was it was there like what went into that decision to do it like at this point in the season? Was it just you had to get the characters at the right point at the right time or it was just it took a little bit longer to get to that. Like what, what, like what went into the decision to do it at this point in the season? Well, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, it felt like a really big episode and, uh, you know, it felt, it just sort of felt like something that come toward the end of the season. We can't make an episode or, you know, because you need all characters with their, you know, their cliffhangers and, and, and get to the end of stories. And, and you can't make it second to the last episode because you need a little bit of runway to get uh, everybody to where you need them to be for that end of the season. So, you know, it seemed like making it one of the, you know, one of the last episodes before that um, was the right place for something that big and sort of that topical and, and that important. So... Uh, you know, I think 18 was, 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 was a great place to put it. Mm-hmm. That was yeah, good. it was really good. Also, how did Goodwin get through that whole episode wearing a white shirt and not get any blood on her? <laughs> I mean, she's good. You know, she was a nurse for a long time. She, she, she knows how to stay clean. <laughs> she's that good. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's funny. So. That's an, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, no, I had nothing interesting. Nothing at all. <laughs> Okay, so about last night, this this casual Manstead stuff, you know, nothing big. So, <laughs> Will asked Jay for their mother's ring back. I mean, yeah. are they even officially back together? What? I mean, <laughs> why now? What is happening? I didn't realize that getting Owen back from the park was enough for them to be like, let's get back together. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, don't forget, Will. Will has been in love with Natalie for a long time, like even oh, we before <laughs> our show started, right? So, I mean, you know, you put yourself in Will's shoes, and and after like all he went through just to get Natalie to go out with him, and then things were going well, but then they started to fall apart, and and like now. You know, he's seeing the light at the end of the tunnel again, and you know, Will's a little exuberant (laughs) (laughs) and you know he gets excited and you know sometimes he might be a little a little bit naive but in the in the the best kind of way and uh you know i think he i I, you know i I think he he sees things coming back for him with natalie and he you know i i think he's just excited and wants to grab the the opportunity you realize that's like the Halstead family thing now is that if the relationship's going <laughs> south, they kind of throw up the Hail Mary. <laughs> or they try I mean, to at least. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, what better recipe could there be for, for life in general? 
Well, I mean, the last time it didn't end so well for Jay, so we're a little scared for Will. Yeah, just a little bit scared for Will. A little scared. We're still not over that. What happened with uh, with Jay? No, nobody is. Well, I'm nervous for Will, too, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going (sighs) to tell you what happens. have to wait till next Tuesday. Dang it. I mean, not that we would expect you to tell us, but still, dang it. Yeah, seriously. So wait, Go ahead, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your thoughts. No, I, was, I just wanted to tell you every everything you guys everything you guys listed as what could be the possible uh, end of the season thing for Manstead were all things that we talked about at length. <laughs> so you talked about Jeff ending up being alive. Wait, is that yeah. what you're saying? <laughs> we talked about all of that stuff. So oh you guys, God. you guys thought of every single possibility. You had it. <laughs> We took some heat for that. I mean, we were joking, but we took some yeah. heat for that. <laughs> it yeah. came up. It came up. <laughs> oh, boy. Now I'm never going to not be able to think about, like, someone, it's not out of the realm of possibility that someone can just pop up from the dead, you know. Look, did you see the body? No. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Bryna. Yeah, um, and just, I mean, kind of going off of Manstead, I mean, they really, you know, I mean, like you said, I mean, they got back together earlier on this season, and then, you know, they've kind of gone back and forth, and I mean, we something we talked a lot about was just kind of the lack of communication that kind of tore them apart. I mean, are they, I mean, you can't obviously tell us what happens in next week's finale, but, like, is there some kind of resolution to, like, what tore them apart, at least? Like, whether, not the proposal aspect, but, like, but do they have a conversation about kind of what derailed them or is there any kind of resolution to that part of it? Well, I mean, is there any, I mean, there's not, they're not going to, they're not going to rehash old stuff. And, you know, and, and I, I suspect, you know, part of what happened in, you know, last night's episode, I think was that will sort of handled that, that whole thing that Natalie was going through with the, with the boy, with the rash, the mastocytosis, um, you know, exactly in the way that Natalie would have hoped he would have handled that thing, you know, back earlier in the season that caused the big fight. You know what I mean? I, right. I think it was sort of emblematic of Will's growth in terms of Natalie. And, you know, rather than having a conversation about it, I think she saw that he's willing to try to, hear what she's telling him and make the changes that he needs to make to, to be able to continue this. And I, you know, I think he did a pretty good job of it. Yeah, no, he definitely did. I think one of the things I also really liked about last night's episode too, was just the way Natalie handled it in terms of Will, like you were talking about Will handling it well in terms of Natalie, but Natalie usually, you know, kind of just does things even though Will (laughs) turns it down and like Natalie didn't go behind Will's back this time and like actually, you know, went with it. And I think that was a really big step in Natalie's growth too. So I, I really enjoyed that part of the storyline last night. Good. I'm glad you guys are feeling a little better about Natalie now. We know we were really hard on her there for a couple of episodes. <laughs> we were. Um, I wouldn't say I'm feeling better about her. I'm just kind of like, listen, Will, if this is what you feel is right, go right ahead. You know, it's like the friend who gets engaged to the person you're not like crazy about, but you're like, as long as you're happy. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, but the, you just made, like the way you were just talking about Natalie, that made me think of something else was that, you know, She's made some pretty questionable moves this season. What I mean, okay, let's see. I 
I mean, she kind of committed criminal battery on multiple occasions, didn't she? <laughs> criminal is such a strong word. <laughs> it is. I know it is. But still. You know, she cares about her patients. She, she's, she's trying to do what's right, and sometimes the system gets in her way. And, you know, she, it's possible she's, she's gone a little bit outside the lines this year. I, upon reflection, agree that, uh, <laughs> that you guys have made a strong case for, uh, for that. But, uh, you know, she's passionate. She's passionate. That's what yeah. you want, your doctor, right? You, you, if you were, if you were going to the hospital and you were sick and and something was being overlooked, you'd want Natalie as your doctor. Yeah, that. I mean, yeah, that's you do bring up a good point because obviously, I mean, we don't see that. We don't see it from that perspective. I mean, obviously, you got the medical knowledge and expertise, and that's the perspective we don't see it from. So that's yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Point. I. She's passionate. She's passionate. Can I throw out one more ridiculous Manstead question and then, like, actually be yeah. serious? Why did all the women's patients want to die this season? <laughs> I think that was just cool. It, it was only, like, three of them. They just all happened to be in a row, right? <laughs> they did. Yeah, they did. Actually, in a row. We probably honestly wouldn't have noticed it if it wasn't, like, one week after the other after the other. But it was, like, just a straight trend there. We just imagine Will at one point being in the doctor's lounge and be like, oh, come on. <laughs> that, yeah, just, oh, man, Stead. They had a they had an interesting road this season. Yeah, well, I hope it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I like those guys together. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for Will. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to like Still not there yet. I'm, I'm still not there yet. Turn the tables for me last night. I'm a little bit, I'm more on Natalie's side now. I'm like, okay with it. I but, found myself like hiding behind the remote last night. Like when they were talking about the, the ins and outs of the case and she was like, well, what if we do this like liquid, I'm not even going to say it right, ventilation or whatever. I was like hiding behind the remote. I was like, oh God, please don't fight. Please don't fight. Please don't fight. <laughs> and then it was like, you're patient, you're a call. And I was like, it's, it's safe. The cost is clear. <laughs> So you guys have Manstead PTSD. Uh, Gina does. Yeah, I, I probably do. I probably do. Gina definitely does. That's funny. Yeah. And so if we switch over to what's going on upstairs in Chicago Med and look at Connor and Ava, Connor hasn't been, you know, he, he's had a rough road too this season. Yeah, he has. I mean... Right, we were like he had Robin this season. That was that was so long ago, but he's got gone through a lot of stuff this year. Well, okay, but he had Robin, and then he went full severide and slept with as many women in Chicago as he could. It's true. True. So one of our listeners did ask us. She went, one of our listeners just said she was like, "Can you please ask Jeff if Connor's the new severide?" <laughs> I mean. No, nobody can be Severide. Severide's great. <laughs> Con, Con, Connor's, Connor's different. Con, the, I think, I think deep down, I, I think Connor was acting out a little bit. And, you know, deep down, he doesn't want to be that guy. I think he's got, you know, a lot of issues with his dad and what happened with his mom. And, uh, you know, a lot of issues of needing to care for people because of what happened with his mom. And, you know, when things went bad with Robin, I think he just sort of pushed it all down and acted out a little bit. And I don't think it's really his nature to be that guy. I think this I think it was because the the real 
Connor was sort of being stifled in that moment, and this was, and he, you know, th this was how he he reacted. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and I, something we do talk about as well is that we we are. I feel like I don't know. Brian might be hearing this and be like, "Oh God, here she goes." But I feel like Connor's got a little bit of a god complex. I mean, is that something that you think stems from the whole issue with his mom? I think so. I think you know. I I, I think he grew up with a dad who uh you know was 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 cold and disapproving and uh you know blamed Connor for a lot of things and Connor grew up blaming this guy for his mom's death and blames probably blames himself for not have been you know being able to stop it from happening and so he's spent a lot of time trying to become a guy who can stop that thing from happening for other people and I think uh you know, I, th I think, you know, it's made him a little bit cocky uh, and, you know, not without reason. But then, of course, last night, you know, is the perfect example of what happens when, you know, I don't want to say he was too cocky because, you know, this stuff works for him a lot of the time. But it's the, it's the downside of, of cockiness, right? Right. It finally bit him. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, and going off of what you were just talking about with, like, Connor having officially stepped away from the conjoined twins case and, like, letting Ava take that spot just because he realized, you know, he was too cocky and it let, you know, it ended up hurting a patient. Um, I mean, are we going to, I mean, I'm sure Connor can't, like, he says he's staying, stepping away, but, like, I'm sure he's not actually stepping away. Like, I'm sure he's going to find a way, some way to get involved in it. Is there anything you can tease about what's going to happen with this conjoined twins case, which took Honestly, I thought Gina and I definitely thought when it first happened, we were like, oh, well, that's the end of the conjoined twins. And then they <laughs> popped back up and we were like, wait, I definitely did not realize this was like a whole storyline. <laughs> They're still conjoined. What a surprise. <laughs> well, we didn't unconjoin them. <laughs> um, they, they were still conjoined. Well, you know, right. This, I mean, the sur look, the surgery is happening uh, in the season finale. So, you know, Connor is going to be involved in some sort of way. But. Uh, it's true, right? You know, he's he's off of the surgery um, right now, and he's you know he's just going to be there watching, and you know he's watching Ava do it, and they've been rivals all season, and you know what's it going to be like for him watching that happen? And they've had sort of a love hate thing going on, so you know I I think it's I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, how no, he's gonna be able to handle himself. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, yeah, sorry. And no, going off of the like Ava Rhodes love hate, will they, won't they kind of thing. Um, I'm just curious, what was the conversation like in the writers' room regarding moving them kind of out of this enemy zone and in, into more of that kind of will they, won't they thing? Um, and I'm just curious, was it always known from the time Norma was brought on that she was gonna be a romantic interest for Rhodes? It was not. I mean. It's, you know, it's, it, if you watch enough TV, it sort of seems like it was, right? New, attractive young surgeon shows up and, you know, whatever. But, but actually at first we, we didn't, we didn't really think that was going to happen. And he was dating Robin and there was other stuff going on. But, you know, Norma's a really good actress and, uh, you know, the two of them together, they just seem to sort of have a little thing. And, you know, as we were going through the episodes, uh, you know, the other thing was, as Connor was going through all the stuff with Robin, um, you know, for the first few episodes, as you, know, you guys pointed out, Ava was sort of just there as a roadblock to Connor and, just, and you know, a lot of arguing and a lot of taking the other side. And you know, she was 
she was too good of an actress to to not give her a softer side and let us see you know who she is and why you know why did this person want to become a doctor you know where's that caring part of her because you know you know it's in there somewhere so i think you know we just found ourselves wanting to give her the chance to do that and once we started seeing that you know connor was seeing it too and and it just sort of seemed to happen naturally that he was going to start to have feelings for her because you know we sort of did <laughs> that makes sense yeah Something interesting that I just, I mean, I've kind of been wondering all season because, of course, I catch on to the most minute of details. But, you know, Ava is obviously from South Africa. Norma's American. And so that's typically not a decision you see when on, I mean, on American TV, you don't typically see that decision where there's, you know, a British character or a South African character or something like that. And then it's played by an American actor. So was Ava always meant to be from South Africa? And then it just so happened that Norma crushed it? Yes. Uh, if you go even further back in episode 201, when Latham shows up, he tells Connor that Connor was his second choice. There was actually uh, a female fellow at Groot Schur Hospital in South Africa that he wanted to take, but he was given Connor instead. So she's the one he was talking about in 201. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Taking it way back. Right? Yeah. See, every once in a while we pay attention. <laughs> That's funny. So another thing going off of, you know, more things with Robin and Connor. So one of our listeners, Laurel, she said that, you know, one of her one of her feelings about Connor and Robin was that they never really had an adult conversation about what transpired between them. So she's wondering, I mean, is Connor officially over what happened between them or does he I mean, does he feel like he got closure or is there still that hole? Uh, I'm sorry, between he and Ava? Robin. Oh, he and Robin. Oh, duh. Uh, you know, I, th I think, I think he's moved on from Robin. I think he's over that. I think, in general, he's not over sort of the the issue that kind of keeps plaguing him, which is uh, his inability to to really get close to somebody. I mean, I think we've we've sort of seen that we you know we saw with Robin uh, a little bit and and I think we're seeing with Ava now. So I think he's over Robin herself and and has moved on. But I think the 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 thing behind the problem with Robin is still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got ghosted. He should talk to Jay. Jay knows all about that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's like I didn't even think about that. Did yeah. That's oh. I don't think we ever do that parallel, but yeah, I mean, he needs to just go have beers with Jay and just let it out. <laughs> See, there's a scene we haven't done, Connor and Jay. Right, and Jay, Jay's like, dude, forget you, man. I was going to propose. What you got? <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, moving on to kind of a different couple. I mean, one of the things that we talked a lot about, especially in the beginning when we had some kind of mixed feelings about them, is April and Ethan. Mm. Um, as that we and I, we didn't dub it, but the internet dubbed as sex toy, not Chexton. I don't know where Chexton came from. <laughs> sex toy is so much better. It really is. Um, but yeah, and just I mean, they've had this kind of really interesting journey, and I know it's kind of especially as of recent episodes when Emily came back into the picture, they've been having some issues. Um, so yeah, I mean, just I was just curious if you can kind of touch on a little bit about the journey and kind of maybe what your favorite part of that relationship is. Uh, I mean, my favorite part of it is the, 
I don't know, I think the, the, the little things that we knew about those characters for the first couple seasons, I think started to, have started to play a bigger part, started to actually cause problems in their relationship. You know, their, their approach to family and, and the way Ethan is sort of, you know, he's a loner, he's a military guy, he's, you know, he's okay keeping to himself and having his own place and, and, uh, you know, April's very family oriented and, you know, she gave up possibly going to med school so she could send Noah to med school and, you know, all these things that we kind of built over the first two seasons and now, you know, throwing right in the middle of that, the sister who, uh, you know, is, is, represents family but also represents sort of all the messiness of life that Ethan tries to avoid and has spent, you know, has successfully avoided for much of his life. And, you know, what what happens to that relationship when you throw that into the middle of it? And I, you know, I, I think it's an interesting question and I've enjoyed sort of seeing what happens when you do that. Yeah, that's been an interesting turn for Ethan because obviously he's like, oh, family. And April's like, and? Like, what do we do with family? We're nice to them. So, yeah, that's been that's been interesting. And so another character who's been having a really rough go this season, and by really rough, I mean really rough. Poor Sarah, man. Like, Sarah's Sarah. the short straw this season. For real, though. You guys put her through the ringer. Was there any point in the season where you guys were like, damn, we are being really rough on her? Yes, every point during the season. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She just got over her her reaction to the shooting and then all of a sudden her dad showed up. She didn't get a second Goodness. to breathe. I know. I know. But she's she's handling it pretty well, I think. She's doing well, yeah, her best. Yeah, so far so good. I mean, okay, one of the one of the biggest things that we were frustrated with in the first half of the season was that how did Dr. Charles how did nobody in that hospital notice her anxiety? Well, uh, you know, it's a good question. I mean, I, I think Dr. Charles, and I have to remember all the way back, I mean, Dr. Charles, he did notice it though, right? I mean, he was also going through his own thing because I think it was episode four where he, uh, where, where he sort of, uh, it was that standoff with the guy who was holding the paddles and, and, and he sort of freaked out at Ethan there in the, in the ED and then he had to take a couple weeks off of work. Was that, am I remembering right? Yeah, it rings a bell. It's not super fresh <laughs> in my mind, but it rings a bell, yes. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but right. I mean, he had a lot of his stuff going on, and then all the stuff going on with Robin, and I think he was, you know, he, if I remember, I, yeah, I, it's hard to remember, but I, I think he was trying to sort of keep his eye on Sarah and, and, and handle things, but, but he, you know, he had too much else going on. He's sort of the only one who looks after her, you know, I mean... She's not really an ED doctor. She's, you know, no one else sort of sees her on a regular enough basis to, to know what's going on with her until she maces somebody. Until she maces somebody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Well, and then last night kind of took another turn because the whole issue with her father, I mean, we've known all season, like, he's a psychopath. He's a sketchy dude. But then... Now Dr. he might Charles, be a serial killer, like... Yeah, and then it took another turn, and Dr. Charles was like, well, somebody's trying to tell me that Dr. Haywood is a really bad guy. No, no, we've known that for, like... <laughs> yeah, so where is this going now? Did somebody in the writer's room just be like, hey, I watched this episode of Dexter. We should do this to Sarah's father. <laughs> there was a lot of discussion. 
um you know it's uh it's 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 an interesting turn i mean you know it's it's interesting because you know the guy is the guy's a psychopath so i mean how how much can you really know about him you know what i mean there's there's no nothing he can say to you that that you can take at face value so you know it's it's been a little bit of a chess match between him and Charles you know all the second half of the season because this guy's sort of been trying to con Charles and Charles has been trying to uh you know stay a step ahead of him and protect Sarah and uh you know and now there's this new information but it's you know he is a psychopath yeah so you know <laughs> no telling. Yeah. I, I, I know. I, I know. But I, I can't. I can't. I can't tell you what's going to happen. No, no. We, and we wouldn't expect that you way. to, of course yeah, not. Right. But yeah, things are going kind of crazy. And so I know we don't officially have a season four yet. But I mean, you know, it's going to happen. <laughs> We're just impatient. Have Have there been any talks about season four yet? And if so, is Sarah going on a vacation? <laughs> I, I i mean i there have been talks about season four we've been sort of informally uh discussing it and figuring out what's happening with everybody um you know i can't give away uh lots of stuff because <laughs> it's all no, just hypothetical course, right now so right yeah. we don't even know what we're going to land on but um but i i, I would say that it, Sarah, I, the safe thing to say is that Sarah's life will be a lot calmer Good. than it was this season. So we're going to be nice to Sarah in season four. Let's just put that out <laughs> to the universe. Be nice she's, to Sarah. She's been through too much. <laughs> yeah, but going back, I mean, off of Sarah and off her father real quick, I'm just curious, in terms of, like, when you were planning out the storyline, because, I mean, we try to, you know, we try to read things, you know, news from Deadline and things when people get cast and whatever, I don't think either one of us thought that this was going to be as long of a storyline as it was. Was it something that you knew that it was going to be, you know, a long time? Or was it like, again, just kind of playing off the chemistry of um, Rachel and the actor who plays her father's name is escaping me? But was it just kind of something that, again, was like, as we liked writing for it, you know, we wanted to keep having him on and keep taking that storyline further and further? Yeah, that was exactly it. It was going to be two episodes in and out, and then uh, you know Michael Gill, the guy who plays Robert, is, you know, he's re- yeah. he's he's really good, and he, and his scenes with uh, with Doctor Charles turned out so good that yeah. we just felt like we wanted to see more of that, and uh, you know we kind of liked the idea of these two guys, this sort of Holmes and Moriarty sort of figures sort of wrestling for Sarah's soul in a, in a way. And, and it just, it seemed like there was, uh, you know, enough good stuff to, to, to keep going and it, you know, it sort of got us to the end of the season. Interesting. Yeah. And Michael Gill is, he's really good. Like, yeah. He's so good at what he does. Cause <laughs> he had some line last night. That's the way he said it. I was like, you're so creepy. Why I know. Creepy. <laughs> That's and the first word that I think believe. of. Yeah. It's just creepy. It's just like, Oh, Almost as bad as Connor's father. Yeah, yeah. That's a different creepy, though. Like It's a different creepy, but still yeah. creepy nonetheless. Yeah, nonetheless. <laughs> Him flirting with Ava this season, I was like, ew, gross, walk away. Yeah. He plays very well. Yeah, he does. But something also tells me that that's not the first time that Connor has had to compete with his father 
regarding a woman. <laughs> Going to put that out there. Poor Connor. I know, right? Poor Connor. <laughs> Poor Connor. That's funny. So, you know, and also, you know, off of Sarah, you know, she had a little bit of a love interest there with Noah. And, you know, we love Noah on the podcast because, you know, we love Roland. So nice. who do we talk to to make Noah a regular? We need to make <laughs> I mean, we love we love Noah also. Believe me, like everybody loves Noah. So, you know, we're we're hoping we're hope we're hoping to see lots of Noah next year. You know, he might by then he might be like a movie star. He might, you know, Adam <laughs> Sandler might be co-starring in his movies. Who knows? That's true. That's true. That's yeah. Funny. That's um, funny. And then just kind of a general question. I mean, I'm just curious, do you have a favorite episode from this season or a particular storyline that stood out to you that you're going to always remember, like, season three by? Let's see, a favorite episode. I mean, look, I'm I'm biased because <laughs> I, I wrote that episode, but I, I really like the pedophile story just as uh, their episode um, because I like that uh, the story about the pedophile. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know what that says about me. Um, but I, you know, I just, I, 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 personally, I thought that was, I, I like when we do, um, uh, a different angle on something that you think you've thought about completely. You know what I mean? Um, like I, as we were talking about it, it and we realized that there was like a, a different way to, to, to think about pedophilia. And as I was reading the articles and, and that it might not just be like, people choosing to be awful, but an actual organic brain disease and what it must be like for that person. I just, you know, I, I just found that very interesting because I, I like stuff like that. But I also, you know, I wrote the Tulpa episode from season two, so I like that stuff. Well, my uh, favorite thing about that episode was more from like a will standpoint because it just, and I, I remember when we recorded that episode, I think I said that you know, it was my favorite Will scene of the series, probably just because, you know, seasons one and two, Will would have gotten all preachy and freaked out and been like, you can't do this. But season three, mm -hmm. Will just held his hand and was like, it won't be long. I know. I thought that really, I, I thought that was really sweet. And, he, and, you know, Nick played that so well. He's like such a warm, caring guy in real life. And, and like you really just saw him being himself in that scene and it, it really like it like it, it made me a little teary when I watched it but you know sometimes scenes turn out better than you imagine them in your head and that, and that was one of them yeah but I mean that episode also was when we introduced the concept of Sarah's father being a psychopath and I remember being fascinated by that just being like oh my god it really is just it literally can be that organic that it's just the chemistry of your brain shows that you are this way mm -hmm. I know that's it's, it's the nice thing is scientists and doctors keep uh, discovering all this great new stuff. So you can keep making medical shows because they, yeah. <laughs> there's always this new stuff to, to, to talk about. Yeah. Science. Science yeah. is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we also did want to briefly touch on Maggie and Barry because poor Maggie, man. Like the minute Barry <laughs> turned out to be like catfishing her, I was like, no, you don't need this negativity in your life. <laughs> So what went into that decision that Barry wasn't actually who he said he was? Well, <laughs> part of what went into that decision was the actor who plays Barry got a, a big role in a play in New York and was going to have to leave the show. And we were never going to be able to see him again because he was going to be gone. So we tried to think of an interesting way to make that happen. And then those plans got canceled. <laughs> 
So we like Barry a lot. <laughs> and I think we'd like to have Barry come back again. Um, but that's that's where <laughs> that story came out of. We had to find a way to get to rid get of Barry. Back. And right. And once we once we we realized that, we thought, well, you know, what would be the most horrible and tragic and and awful thing for Maggie to start finding out about? <laughs> and how can we make it awful for her? And that seemed like a like a pretty good way. Yeah, yeah that was brutal. I can't even imagine. I know. That's so brutal. Poor Maggie. Oh. Really though. <laughs> really though. Really though. Brian, should should we tell him about Jessica S's theory for love interest for Maggie? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so our friend Jessica, and we know the minute we tell you this, it can't happen. We know how this works. But um our friend Jessica thinks that Maggie and Atwater would make a great couple. <laughs> That's right. It's funny. I heard that on uh <laughs> why well, you mentioned that on one of the other uh podcasts and i thought huh that's a good idea (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah Yeah. look i love that water you know let maggie be happy let sarah be happy we're just looking out for the girls that's all (laughs) bunch of happy people doesn't make a good tv show though we know we know we know we know so another one of our listeners she had a question and i love this because she catches on to the details the way we do so lauren's question says so she goes dr charles dr latham and neurosurgeon guy which is dr abrams i believe mm-hmm. um they all wear the gray lab coat what does that signify uh head of their department ah oh, got it so now that's how you know who's really important yeah that's how we know who's really important so dr soul wears one of those too doesn't he uh, yes, head of the ED. Head of the ED. Okay. Wow. That's a good question. We just learned something new. Yeah. I definitely <laughs> did not know that. That's funny. Yeah. Um, we still don't know the lawyer guy's name. Not that that's relevant, but <laughs> that's Peter like a... Kalmick. The actor or the character? Oh, oh no. I'm sorry. That's the character. Oh, the actor. Um, uh, Mark, the character Mark Grapey. Is... Yeah, we don't know the character's name. We, we, we okay. still, he's right. lawyer guy. Okay. <laughs> Always Got lawyer it. guy. Always. Yeah, yeah. Lawyer guy, yes. Kalmick. That's 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 what we call him. Okay. Okay, now we know. The so. lawyer guy lawyer guy works. <laughs> <laughs> He'll respond to that. So I mean I an, another question that I've gotten, I mean, this might be our last, depending on what we can what, what pops up in our heads, because you know, things just <laughs> pop up like crazy. So Goodwin is always fighting against the board, but it always seems to be an empty threat. Is that ever going to come to fruition or is it just still gonna be like the board's gonna be mad and Goodwin's like, Yeah, try me? Hang in there five more days. Oh, oh. For that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. that's, that's that's the best I can I can say for that. Oh. Okay. Yeah, right? this whole season I've been like, I'm not afraid of the board. They don't do anything. Yes. <laughs> like, well, I, 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 I predict something might happen. You predict Tuesday you might, yes. Look at this crystal ball, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Bryna, do you have any other questions that you can think of right now? No, I think that's it. Jeff, thank you so much for coming back on and answering all of our questions and for always answering our questions when we throw them out to you in our recordings. <laughs> yes, we love that. Thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> no, thank you guys for doing such a great job and like for for. for you know it's 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 so great we you know everybody loves listening to this Uh, you guys Uh, you guys catch all the the, all the stuff we do wrong (laughs) (laughs) you you guys catch everything 
It's from a place of love. Just remember that. We appreciate it. Of course, of course. Okay, so before you leave us, can you sum up the season finale in five words? (sighs) Gonna be really, really awesome. (laughs) Really, really awesome. That is five words. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, technically, Um, that's five words. Yeah, true. I'm going to say, well, I'll I'll say in, in three words, lots of cliffhangers. Oh, no. <laughs> I was just about to ask about the cliffhangers because Derek was telling us for fire. He was like, you know, that last minute and a half, you're probably not going to like me. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> so, oh, no, I guess oh, that means everybody's up in the air for med. Great. Great. <laughs> Great. Man, I figure as long as Will doesn't get ghosted by Nat, it'll be a win because, <laughs> you know, they and don't need like both Hospital brothers don't need that. And as long as no one's left to bleed on the sidewalk this year. This year, yeah. <laughs> yes, that will be a win. That will be a win. No. So, yeah, and I'm sure we're going to pop up with, like, 10 more questions once we sign off. But, yes, as always, Jeff, thank you so much for coming back. This was a lot of fun. No problem. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the finale. Will do. <laughs> thank will you. Do. Thanks, Jeff. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, as always, listeners, you know where to find us. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. It's Meet Us at Molly's right across the board. Send us emails. It's Meet Us at Molly's at gmail.com. Send us DMs. You guys know where to find us. So you can also follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna? I am at Bryna K13. Ashley is at Ashnick095. That's N-I-C, no K. Jeff is at TV. TV underscore MD. I'm double checking that real quick right now. It's the underscore. It is the, let me see. TV. M- yeah, TV underscore MD. Yeah, so if you don't follow Jeff, go do so because he's wonderful. We love having he's him the on. Best. He is the best. Yeah, and so don't forget the Chicago Med finale airs on May 15th at 10 p.m. 9 central. And the next time you guys will hear from us will be to talk about said Med finale. Oh, my goodness. So crazy. I know. I know. Oh, so crazy. All right, guys. We'll see you then. Bye.